an epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Guess who's back? <laughs> back again. Worm is back. <laughs> Tell a friend. Hello, everybody. Welcome into the Sunday night recap show for week three. I am Ryan Warmly filling in for Scott Bogman tonight. And I am joined. I guess I'm kind of filling in for Welsh as well kind of. because I'm sitting in the host chair while Welsh it gets to be the analyst tonight. Uh, but we are here to recap week three. I am joined, of course, by Chris Welsh. Welsh, we often talk baseball. We don't talk as much football together. So I'm excited to be on the show. How are you doing, buddy? I'm very excited to see you. I'm very excited to present my puns, my pun headlines. Bogman puts his together every week, but I am way more dad jokey. It was a wild week. Kind of rough on the bets. Survivor pools, eh, there's a whole lot to talk about. And unfortunately, some injuries, and that's why we have the great, great, great Deepak Chonan with us. Yes, very excited to talk to you, Deepak, as well. Of course, we chatted every week last year. I'm not on this show this year, so it's great to get to talk with you again this week. Anecdotally, while watching, maybe it's because there wasn't really anything in the afternoon games. It didn't feel like there was that many significant injuries. Of course, there's always some. It, it is the NFL. We will definitely get to those. To your point, Welsh, brutal week for survivor pools. I mean, there were so many upsets. It was just insane how many how many people probably went out in their pools this uh, week. Hand up. Here, my first yeah. pun of the night uh, it was survivor dead pools because yes. I'm in a big league, gone. I had an in this league one gone and looking and scouring. We, I do this one big league. I've told you about, it's like an industry, like five elements and half of the uh, survivor is gone because there were only three teams picked in this survivor pool by everybody, all the industry people. It was Jacksonville, Kansas city and Dallas. And uh, uh, me and Bogman are unfortunately one of the crew that went down with it. It's just a wild, it was a wild week, man. It was weird stuff. And we're going to be breaking it all down. Yes, we will dive right in. Uh, As always, a lot to get to. So let's just get right in to the injuries here. Derek Carr exited his game early with a shoulder injury. They thought it might have actually been a little more serious than that. Reports after the game, you know, he had gone to the hospital. Reports after the game, it's not quite that serious. It's not season ending or anything like that. Mike Williams exited his game early with a knee injury. Gus Edwards had to come out late in the Ravens loss because he had it was in concussion protocol. We have Nick Chubb up there because obviously this happened back in week two. Uh, there was an update late in the, late in the week, though, that the knee injury may be not quite so bad as we thought when we all watched that live on Monday Night Football. So we want to get Deepak's opinion on that too. And then just, Justin Jefferson did leave his game very briefly. He did come back. It was a little scary at first with him on the ground, but it appeared to kind of just be cramps. Uh, so Deepak, what was your main takeaway from the injuries today? Yeah, I think the big one was probably Derek Carr there, and he went down pretty hard on that shoulder. The comments and the video together suggest a moderate AC or SC sprain, basically the joints up here that you land on really hard. And the key is that this is a throwing side for a quarterback. So the average on these is about two to three weeks, but we expect it to be a little bit on the longer side, probably if I had to guess, say three for now with Derek Carr, uh, certainly a multi-week absence giving his position. And then if you look at Mike Williams, he had his foot planted, had that rotation. That's really concerning for an ACL 
best case scenario there is still a knee sprain, like an MCL bone bruise type picture, which would be about two to four weeks. But I think more likely, unfortunately, we may be looking at a ACL for Mike Williams that'll uh, go down with the MRI tomorrow. Yeah, that's tough. Welsh, I want to get your opinion on Carr, just because there are some really nice fantasy assets in the Saints offense. Chris Olave, very talented young receiver. We're getting Alvin Kamara back next week. So how much, like how significantly does this impact the Saints offense as a whole if Jameis Winston is going to be starting games for the next several weeks? I'm not sure it's like a crazy downgrade. Winston came in, was 10 for 16. He looked rusty, but that's also, you know, just sitting on the pine, not running with the ones the entire time. But at the same time, like we know Winston can move the ball down the field deep. And what is Chris Olave's best asset? It is being able to go really deep while also being able to move across the field. I'm just not sure we're missing too much. Through the first two weeks, Carr was a middle-tier QB1 in week one, scored seven fantasy points at the quarterback position in week two. On average, he is outside the easy top 15 of quarterbacks. So is Winston that bad of a interchange? I'm not really so sure. Plus, you get Kamara coming back next week, which maybe spreads defenses out a little bit for a couple wide receivers that can go deep. Mike Williams can move across the middle of the field. I'd actually say similar in that you didn't downgrade or maybe some of you did, but you didn't downgrade Anthony Richard Richardson being out with Minshew coming in. You didn't really downgrade Pittman looked phenomenal today with Minshew. I kind of think it could be similar in that Winston's going to be able to move the ball. They've got Kamara back, which is going to be a real big positive for that offense. And, you know, everyone was all over Kendra Miller. He was fine, but I think we'll be okay for the other assets. I'm not sure it makes Winston a startable QB in a two quarterback league. He's definitely going to be viable and someone you're probably gonna have to pay attention to on waivers. If the, cause Deepak, what did you say? This is going to be a multi, probably a multi-week thing for car. What would you guesstimate like two to four? Yeah. Two to four would be a good estimate for, for starters. It, it's hard to say, but yeah, I would, my guess would be three if I had to pick one number. Yeah, and, and in a super flex, we know like, you know, if you can buy and spend a little bit of fab to get a quarterback, even for three weeks, that's an upgrade. If you were, an idiot like me who sometimes has to put out Dobbs or Zach Wilson, you might want to make that pay. I'm not going to downgrade any of the uh, Saints yeah. options. Uh, very quickly, Welsh, uh, any waiver wire wide receivers on the Chargers with the Mike Williams news? Uh, Josh Palmer. Josh Palmer looks, uh, he. Oh, I think he always looks great. He looked great in, uh, in the preseason. Uh, he caught a touchdown in this one. I mean, this is Keenan Allen's team. We're going to talk about him here in a little bit, but I do think with how they throw the ball and how, ineffective Josh Kelly. I mean, Josh Kelly, I can't even believe I talked myself into it. We got to be done with that. And they just have to throw the ball. Josh yeah. Palmer, I think does move into like wide receiver three territory. If Mike Williams does miss time. Herbert was awesome today. So I want them to throw the ball. Even if Josh Kelly was yeah. good, I would want them to throw the ball. Uh, Deepak, any concern about Gus Edwards playing next week with that concussion? If he's got a concussion, two thirds of players in the modern protocol would end up missing next week and return most likely the following, actually. And then I just want to get your opinion on Nick Chubb, Deepak. You know, we got the Adam Schefter report later this week. Again, when everybody watched it live, our first thought for a lot of people was, myself included, this might be career altering. It looked that bad. This news seems to be more positive, though. It's a little more optimistic about his return for next year, right, Deepak? Yeah, I I think in either case, basically what they're saying is the MCL is torn and then the ACL is partially torn. And the key is really what happens with that ACL. When you put him to sleep, you'll examine the knee. You'll really see how loose or unstable it is. And if it is loose, then at that point, you would probably just treat it as if it's almost like a full tear and you do the reconstruction. 
that would put his timeline around nine months roughly for a return. So even in that case, which is basically the worst case, that would still give him an excellent shot for week one. You would see a, usually a performance dip initially for about the first half of the next year. But beyond that, he should be able to return pretty much to where he was before this injury occurred. That's huge. Yeah, that would be, that's just awesome news. It's crazy that it's awesome news to hear that a guy has a torn MCL and partial torn ACL, but given what we thought it could have been, uh, it really is. Yeah, not uh, everybody's reaction was like super calm. Mine was like, Bleh! like, I just yeah. they don't do any of those things. Well, it, like, they're like, we're not going to reshow this replay. And I'm like, good, let's delete it. When, from when the, the broadcast team immediately says we are not showing this replay, it's not a good sign. Uh, and then lastly, before we let you go, Deepak, just quickly, um, both quarterbacks in the Bears Chiefs game left uh, fields look kind of bad. I mean, DJ Moore had to call to the sideline to be like, get this guy off the field. He, you know, something happened. He got punched in the head. Um, and then Fields or uh, Mahomes had kind of the ankle roll up. Both guys came back in after their respective injuries. Is there any long-term concern for either of those guys? Yeah, I think the, the question with Mahomes, he could clearly play through it. Low ankles usually don't affect quarterbacks that greatly. The only issue would be if he took another weird twist or fall on it. And that nobody can totally predict, but that would be a little bit of a re-injury risk there. Uh, and then with Fields, he certainly looked like he had some sort of head injury. So we have seen players sort of retroactively enter the concussion protocol in recent years, but it's hard to say what's going to happen here. If he does enter concussion protocol, again, two-thirds chance he misses one week and returns the following maybe i'm overreacting but like that seemed like old school football to me like he looked like he got knocked into not knowing where he was who he was what planet he was he's like am i a quarterback and they're like no not really but you kind of are you're behind the center and then like they put him back in i wouldn't be surprised if something comes back out because he got it looked like he got knocked stupid and he came back in the game and that was really surprising yeah i yeah. totally agree with that yeah, you don't see that as much anymore. No. He is Dr. Deepak Shona. We will say goodbye to him for this week. Deepak, good to talk to you again. Thank you for joining us as always, and we'll see you again for week four. All right. Welsh, you talked a big game about these headlines, so let's jump right in. Oh, God, <laughs> they're going to be awful. They're gonna be, who was that pretty voice we just had there, too? That's a, that voice sounded so familiar. Yeah, it, it does sound really familiar. I guess it's different when I'm actually hosting the show and get to toss to myself there yeah. for a second. <laughs> You're like, hey, it's Worm. We're going to go to Worm. All right, so here are my headlines for today. At quarterback, fields or field of bad dreams. Uh, Justin Field, outside of the concussion, hope he's okay, but uh, not Good. 11 of 22, 99 passing yards. He has now thrown a pick in every single game. And he got like a good cheap bit of it at the very end of the game with DJ Moore. DJ Moore, like one catch going into the fourth quarter when they were down by more than 40. Fields looked awful. He could not do anything. The Chiefs defense is way better than I think a lot of us thought. But we are now in a space where Fields has finished 15 at quarterback in week one, 20 in week two, and God knows wherever it is going to finish out when everything is said done. I'm going to guess it's going to be around post 20. So that is three straight weeks. A quarterback that people were selling as a top five quarterback is not going to be able to finish remotely close to a QB one. We're a hundred percent in bench territory and finding any other option. Brock Purdy is a better option. Hey, legit. James Winston might be a better option at this point. You can't start him until something changed and nothing has changed. So it's a pretty bad dream worm. 
it's is there crazy. is there a path to him figuring this out? I mean, last year he started off really slowly, and then he came on when they let him run more. He ran a little more today, and it just didn't matter. Yeah, I, the path is like what they set up. Where first off he blames everybody, and then he's like, "No, no, it's me. It's totally me." And then you and every we were all like, "Oh, he's gonna run. He's gonna go." And uh, funny enough, his I think his rushing prop was in the fifties, or I know Lamar's was in the sixties, and he absolutely crushed that today. But he had nothing going. So the thing, the path is being able to hit your receivers and he has not proven to do that. And that offense has got nothing. I mean, DJ Moore made some mistakes in this game. I just think this deep, this offense is worn down. I think they're beat down. They need a scheme change. So there's a path, but I don't see it. I don't know where it is. All right. Uh, headline number two, we're actually going to go to the wide receivers. This is a tough one. Keenan and peeling off PPR points. You like that one? No, that was a pretty lame one. I'm sorry, it's pretty lame. I'm on board with that one. Okay, Keenan and peeling off PPR points. Keenan Allen was a monster today. 20 targets, caught 18 for 215. And as a reminder, he is that offense still. He is still that guy. Like, I argue with Bogman on a week-in and week-out basis about Keenan Allen. He's like, I don't want any part of him. And you saw the target share now, unfortunately, we're probably going to be without Mike Williams for some bit. Austin Eckler out. What does this offense do? They sling the ball and they sling it to Keenan Allen. And Keenan Allen is still able to find that separation. He's just a double-digit target monster every single week. And there was a couple of really good wide receiver performances here. But I think this is a good reminder that this team right now because I don't see any great sign of Austin Eckler coming back, especially with his own comments and the team's comments. He's not coming back this coming week or probably the next week. This team can't run the ball. They've got to throw the ball, and they're now down one of their big dynamic wide receivers. This is going to be the Keenan Allen show. Maybe the yards aren't always going to be there. They sure were in this game because it was against the Minnesota Vikings. So find really good matchups where you can. Keenan Allen is rocking. You think Keenan Allen is a wide receiver one rest of the season? Yes. Okay. I definitely I mean, especially if you're in PPR, but I think even not, um, I, I would say he has to be. All right, this is the, my biggest reach because I really struggled with this son. And now I'm, oh, there might be a better one. Okay, so <laughs> here's the first line for tight end. Laporta a day keeps the losses away. Like, it's more like a Laporte. Maybe it's Son of Sam. Son of Sam might be a little bit better, but Sam Laporte is really good. This is my worst headline of them. Sam Laporta, 11 targets, eight catches, 84 yards, a score. Jared Goff loves him. His target share increases every single week. And he has continuously not been in the upper echelon of tight ends, but he's going to need to be. He's going to need to be moving forward. I have kept him there. First week was kind of eh, understandably. Then it went up to six points. This week, he's going to be one of the top scoring guys. And for perspective, last week, only three tight ends. What am I on? Am I on standard here? Let's let me go to half PPR. So I'm giving this properly because I was giving you incorrect ones. Last week, we had only... Five tight ends score double-digit points, two of them scoring 10, and Laporta beat that, and in the previous week was actually 8.8 points. Sam Laporta is on a high rise, and I think easy top 10 tight end moving forward, like Barna. Like, you just you have to rank him there. It's over Kincaid. It, it's over Njoku. It, it's over a lot he's of breaking. He's breaking the rules we have for rookie tight ends coming into the league slowly. He's yes, breaking that. Who would you rather have rest of the season? Sam Laporta? Or Darren Waller? Oh, gosh. Uh, I mean, I don't want to be like recency bias. It sure looks like Laporta. 
It's Laporta. Uh, sorry, yeah. Debro. It's Laporta. Well, Debro loves be both of them. So no, he does. He does. But it's yeah. Darren Waller. So uh, maybe we can we can argue about that later in the week. But yeah. it is going to be Sam Laporta. So those are my three. Before we get to the here's to what's next, Miller Light headline of the day is Raheem most touchdowns, four touchdowns, 142 yards. He caught it, he ran it, he scored it, but he didn't even score the most points at in the backfield. Uh, that would be Devin A. Chain, who was a monster, but Raheem Mostert continues to show these flashes. This offense is wild with the points they scored. I mean, they could beat some NBA teams with the points they put up today. <laughs> and the interesting thing, though, is going to be how do you manage this Miami backfield moving forward? Because A-Chain looked good. Mostert looked good. Is this going to be A, a, uh, a one-two punch the whole season, and then they're going to throw Jeff Wilson in and screw it all up? Will one of these guys push forward? Or... Are they both the biggest sells of all time? I think that's something that we can kind of argue and and talk about when we get through the rest of the week. And I know the entire Fantasy Pros crew will be. I would say that Mostert is a big sell for me right now. This is an awesome performance because I think A-Chain is on the way up. But what say you, Worm? What do you think? But the biggest reason that Mostert would be a sell for me is just the health. We never, ever see him last throw in an entire season. If you guaranteed me health, if you said Raheem Mostert is going to play all 17 games this season, I probably wouldn't sell him. Now, to a degree, anybody coming off a four-touchdown game is a sell because you probably can get somebody really good for them. So, yeah, sure, like in a vacuum, even if you told me he was going to be healthy, if I could go get a guy that I'm confident is an RB1 this season, I probably would still do that. But to me, the bigger question is is not, is A-Chain going to take over this backfield? Because we have evidence from today that they can both absolutely thrive. I'm assuming you just picked Mostert as your headline, by the way, instead of A-Chain, just because you had a better pun for it. I think, I, yeah, the A-Chain one was a little bit the, it was a little bit more struggling. But I actually also did it because I wanted to talk about both of them. The most yeah. touchdowns was in there. This will be interesting, though, because one thing I'll point out, and I know there's always going to be the like guy in the, the chat that I'm not looking at it, but they'll be like, what can you get for him? What can you actually, you're going to trade him? Yeah. There's always those person. It's like, sure, but people are going to pay attention to that high-flying offense. If you look at snap counts, uh, Mostert had 63% of snaps, six of eight on third and fourth down, while A-Chain 47%, 8 of 10 inside the top 10. That's according to uh, Dave Richard from CBS. Both very interesting numbers, and maybe both of them can end up thriving in what is a crazy big offense. But we also know, like, this was without Waddle. They're also not going to score 70 points every single week. But, like, what side what do you, you talking take? About? You take you don't high think they take, score 70 points every uh, week? Hey, maybe. You never know. That's why we like these guys. But, you know, do you take high snap percentages with third downs, or are you going to take those goal lines? Like, yeah. A-Chain is going to be... I think a RB three moving forward until he proves otherwise. And most, but they're both going to be in the same way. I actually think it's to be fascinating. Who's ranked higher next week because a chain had 18 more carries than Mostert, but the snap percentage went to Mostert. So it'll be a fun debate. I'll be really curious to see that as well with a Miller light in your hand. Fall doesn't just taste great. It tastes like Miller time to get Miller light delivered right to your door. Visit MillerLight.com slash fantasy pros. That's MillerLight.com slash fantasy pros, or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller brewing company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 96 calories and 3.2 carbs. 
for 12 ounces. Anybody who was facing one of those two running backs could sure use a Miller Lite tonight. I could use one after that Ravens game, but we'll I mean, get to that one. Oh, I just want to point out, too, I have a lineup. It's so brutal to look at where under my flex was Jackson Smith and Jigba, and under it on the bench, the top bench, Devin A. Chain, who scored 51 points in a league but i did have a chain in a best ball today and that was okay. monstrous so that's the only place because every human being out here we all didn't start him we yeah. all didn't reap the benefits i and think, we'll never I think yahoo said i saw them tweet that only two percent of people started him in, in that <laughs> which is honestly even lower than i expected but i expected it to be quite low i'm so. in the 98 percent yeah all of you as well <laughs> yes yeah as most people watching are let's get into the entire slate we'll go through every game and recap Standout players, stat lines, all that fun stuff. We will start with Chargers 28, Vikings 24. Fancy takeaway, go off Keenan Allen. We talked about him already, but just 18 catches, 215 yards, a whopping 20 targets. uh, Justin Herbert was on point in this game, and a lot of that was going to Keenan Allen. Also, threw for a touchdown. Uh, So he was incredible. Like you already said, a couple other notes here. Josh Kelly could not do anything in this one. Another week where he struggled big time. We already talked about Mike Williams getting banged up a bit. On the other side, quickly, too, Alexander Madison. We kind of talked a bit during the week about Cam Akers is in town, but he's not going to play. This is sort of your last chance to hold on to the job. He didn't do a great job of holding on to the ball, but he like kind of was okay. Like 20 carries, 93 yards, five catches as well. I mean, he's kind of seems like just a guy. What was your takeaway from Madison? I think it's Jag. I think he is yeah. just a guy because I, I think this is done. That fumble, bad. The drop, bad. You could just you could just hear Cam Akers. Like it would be, it was like the uh, the rise of the empire. Just, you know, the drums in the background coming for him, yeah. like or Thrawn, if you guys watch the uh, most recent Ahsoka, just it's coming in. Like you can feel that happening with Cam Akers. Madison's not that great. Like great that he had 20 carries and 93 yards versus um, the Chargers. That's fantastic but I, i'm not a buy on him i'm also not a, i think josh kelly looked atrocious and uh, this has just got to be done i mean we're, we are in a very big cut territory and then of course he's going to go off because that's the problem is like who's going to start him next week no one's going to start you can't start him after like we've all been like oh no this is the time no. it's not yeah. the time one the last little takeaway i thought was fascinating was um how jordan addison was able to make the day in the second half he got nothing in the first half cousins didn't even look his way and then all of a sudden it was like two drives in the late third early fourth quarter where addison was able to hit his wide receiver prop which i had bet and he almost caught that touchdown that was tipped it would have been love love to see him get that but i think osborne's got to go we need to see more addison i hope we continue to see that more than just like the second half moving forward Addison's a good player. Touchdowns each of the each of the first two weeks, kind of you know making up here in the second half today. I I want them to give him a lot more work. Very quickly before we move out this game, should T.J. Hawkinson be tight end two going forward? Yeah, obviously he's not going to be ahead of Kelsey, but has he surpassed Mark Andrews? Yeah, I think so. I mean, Mark Andrews was held to four catches in this game. Kittle just had the huge breakout game, but he's kind of wildly inconsistent. The Vikings throw the ball like almost more than anybody. So yeah, I think I think Hawkinson is Hawkinson is kind of like locked into number two until you know it's proven otherwise the vikings are in carolina next week and then the chargers will host the raiders let's go to a shellacking in dc uh the pills 37 commanders just three sam howell was terrible he's been better than some people expected to start the year absolutely awful today 19 to 29 170 yards four picks and just one rush for 18 yards yeah, I, I've, I've been saying it on streams. And I know people get picky about it, but like Sam Howell, Desmond Ritter, they're the worst quarterbacks in the NFL. Like maybe Sam Howell, like he had a really good comeback and I'm being dramatic about it. Desmond Ritter's the worst quarterback easy in the NFL. But Sam Howell's just not that great. He makes some awesome plays with his legs. He, he absolutely 
kept multiple drives alive with his legs, but it's just, it's not great. Buffalo is a tough team to play as well. So I, I think Jahan Dotson is almost a cut at this point. It's like a third straight week where it's just not happening with Dotson. Sam Howell doesn't look at him enough. McLaurin wasn't able to get enough going as well. And then on the Bills side, uh, just James Cook continue. I just point out with James Cook, he got the 16 touches, which, um, which you love to see. And his rushing prop attempt, I said this on the live stream in the morning, was 12 and a half. And it was one of my favorite bets of the day when I saw it this morning. And he was able to hit that in the fourth quarter, which was a huge big win. So James Cook, I hate seeing Latavius Murray get carries. It annoys me every time. I want to keep seeing Cook get in there. But they even played Cook a little bit when the game was out of hand. But Bill's uh, getting their feet back under them. And a lot of people, you know who you were, had Washington plus money in this game. And didn't doesn't feel so good. I mean, Cook, Cook is getting the usage we were clamoring for all offseason. He's just not getting in the end zone. He's I know. He's, That's the Murray stuff. Scoring, depending on your scoring, he's like a very high-end RB2 already, and that's without any touchdowns. So once those follow, which you would have, I mean, unless he's like this year's Miles Sanders from two years ago, you have to imagine the touchdowns are going to come. And In half PPR, he is uh, RB12 coming into yeah. this week. He was already RB12 coming into this week. So add this in, you know, he's going to be a top 15 back through three weeks of the season in half PPR. It's pretty solid. Yeah. Uh, Shout out Tara uh, Roberts, who loves James Cook. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah, she does. Uh, in week four, we actually have an awesome game. It's going to be the game of the week is going to be the Dolphins are heading to Buffalo to face these bills. That's going to be a really fun one. Uh, and then Washington is going to be in Philly. That one uh, might be a, a little less fun. Uh, football is back in full swing with another week of epic games. And who's got you covered on the action for every single one of them? DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet $5 on football and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Nobody's missing out on the action this season. All DraftKings customers can take advantage of two new offers every single game day this September. So get in on the NFL week uh, four action moving forward with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now and use code FANTASYPROS to sign up. New customers can bet just $5 and take home $200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code FANTASYPROS. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, Kansas. Licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles, Louisiana. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Let's move to Packers 18, Saints 17. This one looked like the Saints were running away with it. Obviously, we had the Derek Carr injury. And Jordan Love, who looked really bad early against a very good and a very consistent defense in New Orleans, let a comeback here. It's not that they scored a lot. It was only 18 points, but it was enough to win, Welsh. Yeah, he he looked okay, and it looked like it was going to be an absolute absolute disaster, but he rushes, he gets a passing touchdown, which was good. A.J. Dillon, this is another one of those situations like Josh Kelly. We can only give you so many weeks to be like the guy and fail where we can have any trust moving forward. I don't see why you would trust him moving forward. It looked like Jones was almost able to go. He got a practice on Friday. I'm going to presume that he's going to be back next week, and... I'm not a big proponent of just cutting players just to be like, ooh, let's cut these guys. But if there's somebody viable that's sitting out there, like I don't I don't see the reason. Now, he might have that game, you know, that big game. But I think it's always tough when there are guys that it's like, 
you're never going to start them when they have the big game and then you're going to, okay, now let's get them. And they don't, I think he's inconsistent. If there was something great out there, I'd be fine uh, moving forward. I just don't trust it. Jaden Reed, by the way, a couple drops did not look good in this game. Kendra Miller on the Saints side was okay. He led the way in carries nine for 34, nothing really in the passing game. Saints offense was you know, just a little bit stuttered and we'll see yeah. what they are moving forward. What do you make of Jordan love just rest of season? Cause he's going to get Christian Watson back, which is going to help a lot. We would think yeah. getting Aaron Jones back will help too. He's been so touchdown dependent early on in the year. He's been getting those touchdowns. I think he was QB two after the first two weeks because he had thrown six touchdowns. But like you said, kind of having those growing pains. So like rest of season, if you had to assign a number to him, where are you ranking him? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're right. I didn't even realize that. Yeah, he's number three through two weeks uh, in in uh, fantasy over on fantasy pros. You guys can check out the ranks and they have a great I love the sheet where you can check the by week uh, stats. Yeah. I would say Jordan Love is like if I had to assign a number, 15 is the number that came into my head. That was okay. the number that popped in. Like, I think he's like a solid super flex. He's a little bit probably better at cost than what you drafted him. He's a solid second quarterback in super flex. I think things are going to pop down a little bit, but like you said, he's, it's been kind of a hot start and he saved himself. And what was, I mean, they were getting shellacked early on. And uh, yeah. you know, really he was a big force of that comeback. I, I have a dynasty super flex league where my four quarterbacks are Deshaun Watson. Who's been terrible this year, although better today, yeah. Jordan love who people are expecting regression, Ryan Tannehill, who makes me want to throw up. Uh, and then CJ Stroud. And I thought Stroud was going to be kind of like a bench guy most of this year. And it was a long-term play. It turns out he might just be the best quarterback. That's your dude. Yeah, I that's have your best already. guy. Yeah, my, my you know, weekly starter. Uh, the Saints are going to host the Bucks next week. And then uh, the Packers play on Thursday Night Football. They will host the Lions. That's Ooh, maybe Aaron Jones doesn't get back. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, maybe they saved him for that Thursday Night Football game. game. Yeah. Yeah, yeah possibly. Uh, speaking of those Lions, they hosted the Falcons. Uh, and then we, we talked about already, like, Sam Laporta, huge I say breakout, but he's been catching passes in every game. So this has been really fun to watch. Like I said, really breaking that that model that we expect out of rookie tight ends. So he's he's definitely a tight end one moving forward. It certainly has to be. Jameer Gibbs with no David Montgomery in town due to his injury uh, was just okay in his first start. He, I mean, he got the use of you wanted, which was nice. Did you have any major takeaways from watching Gibbs? Um, no, I mean, solid back. Uh, I had actually uh, bet early on in the year his overseason long 660 rushing yards. I think that's absolutely in play. Montgomery's look good. It was interesting, though, that like when he became the primary back, he stopped being a focal point in the passing game. And they were they were very like hyper-focused. There were only four completions total to tight ends, wide receivers, and running backs combined for the Lions. That's it. And Jameer Gibbs only had one targeted twice. So I didn't love that he was kind of taken out of the game. And speaking of taken out of the game, Bijan Robinson was completely shut down because I reiterate once again, Desmond Ritter is so bad. It's he's so atrociously bad to watch that I just don't know that they can keep. I, I thought I saw Heineke get into that game at the end, though I'm not seeing any registered stats. And I thought he threw a pass, but maybe my vision was just blurred with it. But he's just bad, and they can't, you know, the ineffective drives, throwing at feet, overthrowing guys, and they – you know, it held Bijan to 10 rushes total. Uh, he did have four for 27 um, receiving, but you know, Bijan's this is the most dynamic player in, in football. You have to like get him the primary carries, but this offense is so ineffective under Ritter that it just continuously gives you these middle-line crappy performances. London, six targets, two catches. Pitts had nine targets in this game, but caught five. It's just these really fun fantasy options that are depleted by what is just a bad quarterback.
Pitts could have had a 90 yard touchdown if there was a better throw and it wouldn't have been a gimme because there was a defender kind of close, but he, there was, that was on the table given his athleticism. I think it was a little encouraging about Pitts with the target share, yeah. but like, He's still he, he got targets. He got targets in the second half of last season and still did not do or like before getting hurt, like yeah. uh, in second half of his season last year, uh, and still was not able to do much. Just like getting the target share because the quarterbacking was so bad. So you you just you hope Ritter if he can just be average, man. I mean, I mean between, he's not. He, I, he I know, but if he, he can could. get there, if he can get to average between Bijan and Pitts and London and even Algier, there's just there's so much fantasy potential here. Uh, but yeah, on the Lions side, it really is nuts. You, you very rarely see a team only target four players the entire game. The way the Lions did. By the way, I didn't say the score. Lions won that one 20 to six. Uh, we already mentioned what they're doing next week. They're playing on Thursday night football. The Falcons, I did do a double take that were already into the London games. They're going to Jackson, playing at Jacksonville nominally in London. So oh, I uh, about that. make sure you get up early. I mean, it's here in the notes. I didn't put together the show sheets. I'm just trusting it. But uh, yeah, that's uh, it, it comes early in the season. And make sure you get up early on Sunday, especially if you're a West or, Coaster. Or don't. Or just like or get some don't. extra rest and don't watch what what is going to be the worst game of the season. <laughs> Jags stink. Falcons stink. Maybe it'll if you get 20 carries from Bijan, it'll be fun. But yeah, maybe just don't and just sleep. If, if you do want to sleep in, make sure you use uh, Fantasy Pros Autopilot as a part of my playbook to not have what we had last year, which was when Alvin Kamara didn't play in that early game and people oh, weren't up early in time Kamara and left gave. him in their lineups. Don't get caught by surprise in this game for whatever it is use autopilot for for the london games at least yeah. uh let's go to another beat down cleveland 27 tennessee just three deshaun watson had his best game of the season now it was against a pass funnel defense that we kind of were hoping he was going to have his best game of the season he of course also still had just the funniest most abysmal highlight of the year you, you saw this right welsh where he's falling down and goes full carson wentz and literally throws the ball backwards in the wrong direction and i think it was elijah Moore to go fall fall on the ball i mean that was that i mean that was hysterical he's the best he's the best he's, he's the best of the the garbage out there yeah i mean it looked better that's great uh mari cooper was a pretty obvious um you know it was a pretty obvious play and just like the shares that he's getting seven for 116 in a score they purposely got elijah moore back in it nine targets caught all nine but for only 49 yards they just wanted to get him short the jerome ford situation was pretty interesting because he ended up only having eight total touches, six, uh, or no, I'm sorry, 12 total touches. He had 10 carries, but for only 18 yards, he did have a cheap score and he caught one, two for 33 in a score on the snap counts for this one. It was 58% Jerome Ford. Kareem Hunt got a little bit, 15% snap with two carries. By the way, Jerome Ford's 58 snaps were three carries and Pierre strong had 9% snap count with one carry. They just didn't have anything in the tank. I just wonder if you're going to see a whole lot more of, even if cream Hunt's snap count isn't insanely high. I think you're going to see a lot more run forced into his snap count where Jerome Ford is out there doing more pass blocking, catching a little bit. I think it's, he might be really tough. Maybe it was his defense in general, but maybe it's going to be tough for him to be a RB two moving forward. But you know, just we've got to put that run defense is really good. Yeah. I think a lot of people were expecting Ford to not have a very good day. So just the two touchdowns kind of saves it, saves it for you on the Titan side. Uh, it's in the notes, Taji Spears uh, out snapped Derrick Henry in this one. Why? Yeah. I, why? <laughs> I, I, you know, we had a question in the live stream this morning where it was like, hey, who would you rather? And I'm forgetting who the other person was, but one was Tajay Spears. And I was like, well, the only reason to hold Tajay Spears right now is 
at the expense of Henry getting injured, where the other person, I, again, forgive me for not remembering who it was, but it was like, this person can be the number one on that team. But it's like, what are they doing? Like, you should just 35 carries, 35 touches every single game for Derrick Henry. And that wasn't the case here. Um, so I don't know. Tajay Spears still isn't really flex eligible or anything like that. But there is a Tajay Spears experiment. There you go. Titans don't have anything else going on. Titans are hosting the Bengals next week. And the Browns are hosting the Ravens. Are you starting Deshaun Watson against the Ravens? Because the Ravens secondary is super banged up. But the defense has played really well. I think Mike McDonald's an awesome defensive coordinator. So against Deshaun, are you going to start him confidently? No, no, definitely not confident. Yeah, I'm not. A, I'm not a Deshaun Watson guy. I don't. I ranked him preseason at like 16. I don't rank him inside the top 12 unless it's absolutely necessary. So no, I'm not going to trust that matchup. Your Baltimore Ravens. Yes, my Baltimore Ravens. Again, we will get to that game later. Unfortunately, uh, I mentioned autopilot, and just to let you know about all the other stuff my playbook does, you can manage your fantasy football lineups and dominate your leagues with my playbook from Fantasy Pros. It's a suite of powerful tools. To help you make better decisions, manage your lineups, and win your leagues. Created by Fantasy Pros, the number one fantasy sports advice and tools provider in the world. This app will let you import your team to get custom fantasy football news, rankings, and analysis. So sync your leagues today at fantasypros.com slash myplaybook or download directly to your Apple or Android device. Welsh, let's get to... It didn't end up being the most surprising outcome of the day, but one of the most surprising outcomes of the early slate, certainly, Texans 37 Jaguars just 17. The Jags offense continues to struggle. The Texans offense does not struggle with my boy CJ Stroud. Tank Dell, five catches, 145 yards, and a touchdown. Big broken play late in that one. He led the Texans in targets, catches, and yards. He's very undersized, but maybe it doesn't matter because he's just so good at everything else. Tank is probably going to lead the waiver stuff this week. I, I don't remember what his percentages were coming in. Obviously, I know this past week he would have been one of those guys, but I think the under-owned percentage is still enough out there that he'll probably lead the way. By the way, in uh, DK today, 3,600. Massive value. I, we played him. Bogman and I played him in a couple lineups, and it was a huge, huge get. And CJ Stroud is just that guy. He's just, like, he is the back-end super flex guy. He's a sleeper quarterback every single week. He was one of the cheapest quarterbacks on the DK slate as well, and it's two touchdowns, 200 yards. There's just volume. 30 pass attempts. I want to say that's three straight weeks of 30 plus pass attempts. They just throw the ball. This was the first time they could show any semi-effectiveness and it really wasn't at, uh, running the ball. They were still 26 carries for 86 yards. It was under three and a half yards per carry, but they just throw the ball. Nico was completely irrelevant in this game, but that's the unique thing this team has. They've got Nico Collins. They've got Robert Woods, but Tank is that playmaker and Tank is absolutely a, a viable wide receiver three, I think, moving forward with how much Stroud likes to go to him yeah and nico's been great this year obviously Love kind of first bad, bad game we we're not worried about him long term i might be worried about the jags offense i could not have been more bought in in the offseason i got trevor lawrence in every league i got calvin ridley in every league we have a whole team league here internally at fantasy pros where you just you you kind of do the salary cap draft but for entire teams and i was happy to bid the most on the jags i was just so fully bought in now this is two straight weeks that they've really struggled. What's your concern level for this offense as a whole? I think it's like enormously high. I, I play in a guillotine league and if people don't know what that is, like every week a team gets chopped and then those players go in the player pool. I didn't get involved in the other players, but I had Anthony Richardson on both my guillotine teams. So, so I don't get chopped. I put a small bid on Trevor Lawrence and I was like, Whoa, look at me, big guy in town here. I'm going to be rocking. I just got Trevor Lawrence for practically nothing. Well, you've been playing like practically nothing. I don't understand the NFL 
effectiveness of the offense overall. Calvin Ridley just kind of keeps disappearing. They they got the the targets to Christian Kirk, but they can't move the ball properly. I mean, 19 for 88 on Travis Etienne is fine, but their defense is playing bad. It's just super underwhelming performances. I will say there, I kind of think there might be a decent buying opportunity for a guy like Calvin Ridley. I think Lawrence loves him. And when they get right, it's going to be because of Calvin Ridley. So two weeks of eh, I think maybe opens up an opportunity to get a decent value on Ridley. So I might look at him in the trade market. We, we sat here after week one, and I remember doing shows with Debro and asking, where would you rank Ridley rest of season now that we've seen that he doesn't maybe doesn't have all this rust he needs to shake off? And he was like, wide receiver five, like like very, very aggressive about it. Hasn't played out the last two weeks, but I, I think you're probably right. There's a buy low opportunity here. Jags are hosting the Falcons in London, like we said. Uh, and then the Texans are hosting the Steelers next week. Uh, Steelers, of course, playing right now on Sunday Night Football. So we don't know what they did quite yet, quite yet as of the time of recording this. Let's take a break in the action because I want to tell you about Whatnot. If you haven't heard about them yet, well, here you go. It's time you learn about this incredible platform. Whatnot is the world's leading live shopping platform often described as a unique blend of eBay and Twitch. Here's how it works. Streamers go live to conduct auctions where they sell a wide range of items, including sports cards, jerseys, sneakers, and much more. This week, in the hobby of sports card collecting, the highly anticipated NFL product Flawless was released. It's been making waves in the hobby, with cards worth six figures or more being pulled on a daily basis. You can snag a $10 discount on your first purchase by going to whatnot.com user slash fantasy pros 2023 and clicking sign up in the upper right corner to automatically redeem the offer don't miss out on this exciting opportunity sign up when you go to whatnot.com slash user slash fantasy pros to redeem your ten dollar discount let's get to an afc east matchup here new england 15 new york jets 10 very ugly game all games with this jets defense plus zach wilson are going to be ugly, but the Patriots are also not good. Mac Jones is also not good. Is there even anything to say about this? No, I, I really don't. I mean, we do, I don't want to hold people up from the Sunday night football game enough. And I know I don't want to waste podcast time, uh, podcast listeners time, but you know, Elliot, I know no one wants Elliot to be a problem, but he kind of is still a reminder. Stevenson still not playing well. He got 19 carries for 59, but Elliot was 16 of 80. This often, both these offense are just kind of muted. I was, I'm so dumb. Like, I just wanted to be like, oh, Garrett Wilson, it, it can be okay. It's not okay. Nine targets in this game, but he didn't even have 50 yards on five catches. It's it's bad. So we don't have to talk. We, we don't have to even think about this game again, ever. Just very quickly, because of his talent, do we need to see it before we're willing to start Brees Hall again? I kind of think we are. I thought this was going to be the get right situation. They did give him the majority of carries because he complained last week, but he had 13 total touches. And I think if Brees is going to get right, we got to get to 18. So if you have viable options, he is. I, I think at best he's a flex right now. And when you're a flex, you can get outmatched by guys like Zach Moss in decent matchups. So I, I'd probably rather have Zach Moss right now than Brees yeah. Hall. Pats are at the Cowboys next week. So that will be an interesting one after today's results. Uh, and the Jets are on Sunday night football next week, hosting the Chiefs. That might be a terrible game. Yeah, uh, it probably will be a terrible game. I don't know why I said might. That game's gonna suck. Uh, it'll be very one sided. Uh, so let's go from the ugliest game of the day and maybe of the year to what are the most impressive offensive performances we might ever see? I mean, the Dolphins were a field goal. They, they took a knee. They could have kicked a field goal to literally set the NFL record. They scored seventy points in this game. They allowed 20 points to the Broncos and still won by 50. That's how dominant this win was. Just 
jaw dropping. We talked about the running backs already in our headline segment at the top of the show. The Divine A chain, 18 carries, 203 yards, two touchdowns, also four catches, two more touchdowns. Raheem Mostert, just just 82 yards and three touchdowns on the ground. Oh, by the way, also caught seven balls for 60 yards and another touchdown. Just incredible, incredible. I'm pretty sure I saw that. I forget who tweeted it, but there was some tweet that was going around that this is the most points in PPR scoring that a pair of running backs have scored from the same team in the same game ever and it's actually not even close it's I like they're in it. the 90s next closest is in the mid 80s and nobody else is even within 20 of them i mean it's it was insane tyree kill his usual excellent self nine catches 157 yards and a touchdown Tua to tonga might be the mvp i mean it's a very easy situation for him given the play calling and the, the talent around him but he's playing phenomenally well uh, just an awesome, awesome fireworks game. Yeah, and 350 rushing yards total in this game, which also just shows you how bad Denver is as well. Yeah. Uh, the only thing I'm going to add is actually on the Denver side. I thought it was encouraging with Cortland Sutton. Jerry Judy is back, but Cortland Sutton got the most targets. He got 11. He had some bad fumbles, but eight for 91 and a score, and Russ was targeting him left and right. So I think that has made him move out of this like, oh, is he going to be relevant into like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, he's still a main target, but this Denver team is really, really bad. So that's my can main takeaway. Can, can we get Marvin Mims some more touches? Just like only good things Great. happen when Mims touches the ball. He's so explosive and they just give him like 10 snaps a game. I don't know I what know. it was today, but he he ran five routes last week and had over a hundred yards. Like, can we do more with him, please? He had the kick return for a touchdown in this one. <laughs> Boy, let me tell you how little I want to watch the, the Broncos next game. They are in Chicago. We get Broncos Bears. I tweeted this out earlier from the Fantasy Pros account. This is the easily movable, uh, the easily stoppable object meets the uh, inc- super movable object. I mean, it is like, I cannot tell you how little I want to watch this game. It is major Thursday night football vibes, even though it's going to be played on a Sunday. That game is going to be it's atrocious. It's the Miller Lite uh, game of the week because it's Miller Lite's the only thing that's going to make that game yes. terrible. Yes, go buy some Miller Lights because you will need it if you're watching yeah. that game. Uh, and then, like we said, on the other side of this, Dolphins play the game I'm most excited about by far next week, which is Dolphins at the Bills. One more stop in the action because performance anxiety happens to everybody, including the pros. Conquer performance anxiety with Rougiette Ready, the latest advancement in erectile dysfunction. By combining the active ingredients in Viagra and Cialis with apomorphine, a dopamine promoter, Rougiette Ready gives your brain and your body the pump up you deserve so you can give your partner the love they deserve without the added anxiety. Created by pharmacists, approved by doctors, trusted by over 75,000 men nationwide, and loved by you and your partner. No in-person visit needed. Rougiette Ready is now available in your state exclusively at rougiettemen.com. R-U-G-I-E-T men.com. Use code FANTASYPROS for 40% off your first offer, plus free shipping. If you'd rather call them, customer service is available six days a week at 855 581 9620. More info at men.com. Let's get to the game I'm least excited to talk about. It was the Ravens losing 22 to 19 in overtime. The way I saw somebody phrase this on Twitter, which is accurate, is the refs stole the win from the Ravens that the Ravens didn't even deserve, which is, mm. I think, the Ravens did not deserve to win this game, but the refs also really hosed them uh, multiple times late in this game. Very ugly, sloppy. This was a bad weather game. The Ravens were fumbling the ball right and left. Zach Moss, though, 
not the most efficient performance of all time, but he got 32 touches. Uh, 30 carries 122 on the ground. He caught two for 23. I'm in. Um, obviously, you know, when I, even when I say the comment of like, Oh, I'd rather have Zach Moss and Brees Hall. That's a now situation. Cause if Taylor comes back, they're also telling you what Taylor's going to be. If he actually returns to this team, you know, if he gets traded and Zach Moss through the roof here. So we don't really know where that's going to end up going, but uh, Zach Moss, Looked great. He's a RB2 next week, you know, and until further notice, until Taylor's out there, you're just going to kind of keep throwing him out. Pittman looked good. Josh Downs had 12 targets in this game, yeah. which might have been a Gardner Minshew-based thing. So if he is starting Richardson out, you can pay attention to that. And then I just want to throw out Zay Flowers had 10 targets in here. Really, the passing game for your Ravens is kind of rough. Lamar Jackson's still kind of rough in some spots, but Zay Flowers is like, Outside of Lamar, he's like the most dynamic athlete. Like he, he's a playmaker that they got to get the yeah. ball in his hands. And I thought the ten targets was encouraging. Zay's awesome. To- total home run of a draft pick. It looks like early on in his career. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> if Gus Edwards doesn't play, I honestly wouldn't even bother putting in Fab for Melvin Gordon or Kenyon Drake. Um, I don't think either of these guys is going to make an impact, even if. Edwards and Hill are both out. Obviously, Dobbins already out for the year. Um, I wouldn't even bother. I think they're going to spread it around. I think Lamar is essentially going to be RB1 uh, for this offense until Gus is back and, and Justice Hill is back. I could be wrong, but don't waste your your fab budget on, on Gordon or Drake, honestly. Um, like we said, the Ravens are going to be at Cleveland next week. Uh, and then the Colts are hosting the Rams, who have not played because they're on Monday night this week. Let's get to the late afternoon slate. Carolina and Seattle Seahawks, of course, winning 37 to 27. Kenneth Walker continues to show that the draft pick of Zach Charbonnet didn't matter. We probably drafted him too low. 97 yards, two touchdowns. He got three more targets in the passing game. He has 10 targets for three weeks, which is really nice to see. And he continues to be just a really good running back. Yeah, I, it's another one of these things. It's just, I mean, not that I'm trying to defend ETN, but everyone's like, Tank Bigsby, ETN, you know, Charbonnet, Ken Walker. Like, there's some values that are out there, though. Charbonnet, look, he was running hard. You could definitely see where there could be like a thunder and lightning aspect to this game if they really wanted to start yeah. having that share. But Ken Walker just still looks great. And very interesting watching Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen, 14 targets with Andy Dalton in there, 11 for 145. That is probably an Andy Dalton special. So just know if Dalton happens to be starting in a given week, Adam Thielen should probably be in your lineup as well. Yeah, this this offense is is no good. I mean, Miles Sanders got a touchdown, but nine attempts, 24 yards. No, I didn't yards. get the usage, yeah. Yeah, I, this is not an offense that you really want to be. Uh, invested in at all and i don't know that bryce young coming back would even really help because he has not looked good in the first two weeks no either uh the panthers host the vikings next week and the seahawks are playing on monday night next week that's at the giants man a lot of bad teams are in prime time uh here here in week four let's go to the biggest upset of the day Mm. cardinals 28 cowboys 16 not just an upset but like they won by two scores it was like they deserve to win this wasn't some fluke last second thing uh, was this more the Cardinals stepping up or the Cowboys playing poorly? I mean, it, I, I don't mean to be cheap, but it was a combo of both. I mean, the Cardinals were efficient. They were getting third downs. Marquise Brown was getting the ball. James Conner was running. You just can't let him run hard. He averaged seven yards per carry on 14 attempts. But also Dak was making really bad decisions, throwing into traffic. They did run the ball 23 times with Pollard, which was great. But C.D. Lamb caught four balls in this game, and Dak just made a bunch of bad decisions. So, you know, 
Marquise Brown looks good. Rondo Moore, I think, is super interesting. Seven targets, four, uh, three on the ground. He caught four balls. They kind of keep getting him involved in the offense, and he might be super sneaky in these type of matchups. But I don't really know what else you take out of this. Uh, there were four Cowboys that were targeted seven or more times. Uh, Gallup, Lamb, Ferguson, and Cooks are irrelevant outside of Gallup with his 92 yards. It was just a really bad Cowboys game. And very excited to see everybody's power rankings for this week uh, when everybody had the Cowboys over the Niners. So let's, uh, yeah, let's go Niners. That will definitely, definitely not be the case <laughs> this upcoming. I am curious to see how far the Cowboys will fall in the eyes of a lot of people or if they'll just kind of chalk it up to you know, some sort of, when, I think when you, game. when you see it, like how the chiefs just performed, I wonder if the chiefs would jump for some people. It's a recency thing. It, and I know like Cowboy fans would, would be pissed. Cause also this is our first game we see without Trayvon Diggs, and not that we think the defense is going to be bad for the Cowboys going forward just because they don't have Diggs. They still have Mike Cardinals Carson. manhandled them. Mark Cardinals manhandled but, them. And then the chiefs yeah. absolutely demolished the bears and kind of similar teams. If you think about it. So I wouldn't be surprised again, who care, who the hell cares about power rankings, but I think you'll see people be like, they're still a top five team, but, maybe they're not as good as we thought they were yeah uh also tony pollard just very easy uh top three running Money. back rest of the season absolutely absolutely easy, he was my, i think easy. he was my rb3 and i think he yeah. was debro's rb1 so. he was debro's yeah. rb1 and debro probably not right because of christian mccaffrey but he's not far off yeah uh, that was my number one yeah Ca- cowboys at uh at the patriots next week arizona will be at san francisco who obviously won on thursday night this week and then lastly we have chiefs bears uh, the Taylor Swift game, apparently, if you were on Twitter at all or watching the broadcast, uh, she got she got more screen time than the Bears did. Yep. Uh, 41 to 10. Uh, I mean, Mahomes was amazing and barely, you know, he I don't even know when they took him out, but it was relatively early that they did. Obviously, he had the, the bit of the ankle scare. Travis Kelsey caught a touchdown. Lock of locks once we knew Taylor Swift was going to be there. Uh, Pacheco scored. CEH scored. Uh, you know, and then Justin Fields continues to be really bad. We talked about that at the top of the show. DJ Moore had a chance at a long one uh, and he ended up with just 41 yards. He did get a touchdown late in the game. Is there anything to take away from a, a blowout like this? Well, good thing I locked in uh, DJ Moore's receiving yards at 41 and a half uh, early in the oh. week. So that really felt good. If you follow me on betting pros, you saw that I had it at 41 and a half. So uh, no, I actually think these are the tough ones. Like a team that was so dominant. What do you take away from it? Rasheed yeah. Rice gets those targets. Really yeah. seems to be a first look type of target. You don't see a lot of wide receivers get first looks with uh, Patrick Mahomes. He seems to start being that guy. So I'm liking Rasheed Rice a lot more. Sky Moore is kind of nothing to me in all of that. And is he you droppable, know, Sky Moore? Oh yeah, I think he's easy. Droppable. I would. You not, know what? I'd rather have Tank Dell. Yeah. Tank Dell and Sky Moore right yeah. now. So oh, yeah. Uh, and sure. then you know Bears are. I, I don't know where you go with it. Like we all want Roshan Johnson to be something, but no one can be anything if this offense keeps working how it is, there's nobody fantasy relevant and I've made excuses for DJ Moore, but you know, Justin field, they got to do something different and I'd love to hear how it's going to be. Otherwise, I don't know how you start any of these guys. I don't know how you, I mean, I'm talking Justin Fields because they've got, who do the Bears have? The Bears have Denver. That's actually a really good matchup. Uh, so <laughs> that's going to get me thrown back in. But honestly, how close to 70 points are the Bears going to get? Against um, like a 10% of it, maybe seven, maybe they'll score. I, I, seven. I think, I think they'll be 80 points away. I think they're going to get negative 10. That's what do you think the over under in that game is going to be? It's probably oh my already gosh. I mean, it, it could be like, I mean, this might be like an, if you remember like Iowa last year in college football had a game where they're over the total and that game was like 28. Like it, it would have to be really low for me to not take the under in pairs. I think it's going to be like 41 and a half or 42 or something. And I think it'll be like 38. Okay. It's probably already out there, but yeah. I don't have, it probably is. I don't have it pulled up. We have the DraftKings um, app up, yeah. which you guys can check out. Uh, we would probably know. 
Yes, that's on us for not having it up. Uh, so like we said, Bears, Broncos next week, and then Chiefs will be on Sunday night football against the Jets. I hope everybody stuck around because we have a giveaway here. Debo Samuel didn't play today, of course, was very good on Thursday. The winner of the autographed Debo Samuel San Francisco 49ers jersey, courtesy of bettingpros.com, is Charlie Brown. Please get in touch with our customer support agents Charlie at Brown. mailbag at fantasypros.com. Yes, I know. With your mailing address and proof of your subscription to the Fantasy Pros YouTube channel, and we will get that jersey shipped out to you again. The winner is Charlie Brown. Congratulations. I told our producer, Chris, that I would not make a peanuts joke. I'm sure Charlie Brown gets it all the time, but that is his name on YouTube. So again, congrats to Charlie Brown on winning that jersey check this out hold on before you go 45 and a half is the line currently for that game next week broncos at chicago i mean i know that i know the defenses both suck but so do the offense yeah i just want to throw that out to you if you want to yeah i clearly i don't know what i'm doing when i'm guessing it's going to be under four (laughs) i will be taking the under in that game i can yeah smash it now yeah take it while you can uh yeah well fun stuff fun week three except for for me with the ravens uh, hopefully it goes better for them in week four and hopefully everybody's fantasy matchups went well today and will go well in week four as well. Thank you for letting me fill in for Boggs here. Welsh fork Welsh. I am Ryan warmly. We'll see you guys again next time. Thanks for listening to the fantasy pros, fantasy football podcast. Follow us on X Instagram and TikTok at fantasy pros and subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash fantasy pros. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kid's peewee championship game. A trophy bigger than your five-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary.